Hey, what's up? My name is Stephen, and I lead Avenue Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, along with my wife and an incredible team. We really have a desire to see people experience God's unconditional love, find their true identity in Christ, and live out their purpose. And we would love to connect with you. You can find us on all social media platforms simply by searching Our Avenue Church. You can also check us out online by going to OurAvenueChurch.com. We really pray that something in this message inspires and equips you to experience the way of life you were created to live in Christ. Enjoy. So this week we're, we're, we're talking about the principle of sowing and reaping. And so we've learned this principle very, very early on. Some of you may remember being in kindergarten or first grade or maybe even preschool before that. When it, when it came around time for Mother's Day, one of the things that I remember doing for my mom in like kindergarten is getting those little teeny tiny ceramic pots. And then you get that little sponge in it and you drop it in and the teachers give you one seed. And if I remember correctly, most of the time, and I don't know why we choose this, but it's a marigold seed, which in my opinion is probably one of the ugliest flowers that you can give your mom. If you like marigolds, I'm sorry, <laughs> all right? But I just remember this seed being long and pointy, and my teacher only gave me one, and we put it in and put the water, and that little sponge grew and grew and grew. And so, like, you're waiting for the seed to sprout, to grow, and what really just takes maybe with a marigold, like maybe a week, seems like forever when you're watching it grow. And so we get introduced to that very early on. And then there was the bedtime story that we probably all heard, right? Jack and the Beanstalk, where a kid trades his cow, I think, if I remember the story correctly, trades his cow for some magic beans, right? Um, not a wise move, right? And so he trades his cow for these magic beans and plants them. And overnight, this ridiculously huge vine grows all the way up to the clouds into this kingdom where there's a giant. And what does he wind up getting when he climbs the beanstalk? What does he get? A golden egg, a goose. Like he wants to get a goose. So I don't know if like him and Willy Wonka kind of had a thing in common, like what was going on. But it was all about stealing this goose that had a golden egg. And, and when, you, when you plant a seed, we know that something happens, uh, but we really don't know what's going on under the soil. But it seems like after a set amount of time, the seed begins to break through the ground. It grows then after some more time, it blooms. If it's a fruit-bearing plant or a vegetable-bearing vine, then it begins to bear fruit and vegetables. But we don't know really what's taking place under the soil. And so this principle of sowing and reaping has been put in place since the very beginning of all creation. And we see it in the book of Genesis. If you want to turn to chapter 1, verses 11 through 12, this is a natural principle. And so we're talking about things that go on behind the scene of our spiritual life. We see things in the physical that we know is happening. You know, we, we, we get up in the morning, we get ready, we go to work. All those things are physical, right? Um, we eat food. We know what nourishes our body. But for those of us who are following Jesus and walking out this faith life, there's also, we talked about the first week, an unseen side of our life that we don't see where things are happening and things are moving. And so God puts this natural principle in place in Genesis 1. He says, then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant, and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit, these seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. 
And I love when I'm reading creation and this sentence pops up and that is what happened. Because we have to understand that when God says something is gonna happen, it's gonna happen. And a lot of times what happens is we get disappointed and we think that it's not happening because it's not happening in the way that we imagined it or in the time frame. But if God says it, it will happen. Verse 12, it says, the land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. And God saw that and said it was what? Good. So he said, look, there's going to be vegetation, trees, and plants. They're going to sprout up, and they're going to produce fruit, and they're going to produce seeds that will reproduce themselves after the same kind, okay? Now, let's fast forward all the way to the book of Galatians, and we see the spiritual side of this. So the natural principle, when we put a, you know, a seed of any kind into the ground, it's going to take root, and it's going to break through, and it's going to grow. It's going to produce more seed. Galatians 6, verses 7 through 9, Paul gives us a glimpse of the spiritual side. He says, you will always harvest what you plant. Verse 8, those who live only to satisfy, as the New Living Translation says, the NIV says, sow into, those who sow into their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit or sow into the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So, this used to be like one of my life verses. It says, so let us not get tired of doing what is what? Good. At just the right time, underline that in your, in, in, in your Bible if it's not, at just the right time. We don't set the time, God does. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So the natural side of planting a seed into the ground produces fruit. Then the spiritual side, what we sow into our life, what we sow into our spirit, what we sow into our flesh or into the world produces spiritual fruit. Now, the principle, when we talk about sowing and reaping, a lot of times in the church we get nervous because it's been, mis it's been misrepresented in the church. That when we talk about sowing and reaping, we go and jump straight to the, I think it's First or Second Corinthians, where Paul talks about giving and that you reap what you sow when it comes into terms of giving. But it's so much bigger than that. And can I say that it's so much better than that? If we take this principle of sowing and reaping, not just from a financial standpoint, but when we look at it from the totality of, of, of our whole um, faith life, now, here's what you have to understand. We're always, always, like whether you realize it or not, we're always planting seeds. We're either planting seeds unintentionally or intentionally. But whether you realize it or not, you're always planting seeds with our words, with our actions, with our thoughts, with our attitude, with our values, with our decisions, in, in everything that we do, we are planting seeds. Now, I know I've said before, you may be thinking, but, but Pastor Stephen, you said that those are our fruits, right? Because Jesus says that, that out of the abundance of the mouth, or out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And a good tree produces what kind of fruit? Good fruit. A, a bad tree produces what kind of fruit? It's the same with our heart. A good heart produces good fruit. An evil heart produces evil fruit. So you're just like, all right, so our words, actions, decisions, are those things, is it fruit or is it seed? Can I say yes? 
Because guess what's inside every fruit? Guess what's inside every vegetable? A seed. So our fruit reproduces itself because it's also seed. You cannot separate the seed from the fruit. Seeds and fruit are inseparable. He says this, the seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came from. So here's, here's what I want us to do like in this process. I want us to look at the fruit of our life and take a look at the seeds that we're planting. And if we don't like the fruit that we're seeing in our life, guess what we have to do? We have to plant different seed. In the farming agricultural world, guess what they call that? Crop rotation, right? And so my, my, my stepdad, when uh, he and mom first got married, he was a soybean farmer, right? Um, anybody know what a soybean is? They make really good burgers. If you've ever had a soybean in, in southwest Tennessee, we call them slug burgers. Have you ever heard that term in Murfreesboro? No, it is, it is not a slug, okay? It's, it is actually soybeans that have been somehow mixed together with some other ingredients and makes a little burger, and then they deep fry it for, for about two minutes, and it is delicious, right, hon? No. Whenever, <laughs> whenever I brought him home, I had to eat him outside. I couldn't eat him in the house. But my dad would plant soybeans, for a couple of seasons, and then what he would do is he would go back and plant corn for a couple of seasons because he had to crop rotate because of the nutrients that each plant took up out of the ground. And so we need to look at the fruit of our life and be like, okay, are we happy with the fruit? What is it taking out of our life? And if so, then we need to have some crop rotation. But we need to understand, all right, I'm gonna give you guys four laws when it comes to the principle of sowing and reaping. The first one is super easy, is it is the law of the same. The law of the same in that you will harvest what you plant, reap what you sow, and pick what you plant. We just read it. Genesis said the land produces vegetation, and the vegetation produces seeds and trees that are the same kind. Did you know that when a farmer plants a soybean or a kernel of corn in the ground, when it sprouts up, he is not surprised. He doesn't plant a kernel of corn expecting to get a tomato vine. He knows that when he plants a kernel of corn, he's going to get a corn stalk. But here's what happens with us is sometimes we make decisions, we plant seeds, we have values that are against God's best, and we act surprised when we get the fruit that that seed has brought, right? We act surprised that it is a bitter fruit, that it is a... Bad fruit. Well, what we've done, whether it's in an action or word or a deed, whatever that is, I'm guilty, where we plant it and we don't think anything of it. And then maybe weeks, months, or maybe dare I say years, we are now reaping what we have planted and we are surprised by it. But instead of planting and sowing into the spirit, guess what we've done? We have planted and sown into our flesh, into our sinful desires. And so now we are reaping consequences of that, and we should not be surprised. So some things that maybe we can do if you need encouragement, encourage others instead of gossiping. We just finished up a whole series on watching our mouth. And sometimes to make ourselves feel better, we will talk about someone else. 
right? But instead of doing that, because that's quick and easy and you kind of get a quick bump, let's take, let's, let's, let's put our discouragement aside and encourage someone else, all right? Um, feeling trapped by unforgiveness of something, because like we've all had this where we've asked God to forgive us of something, but we're still like carrying that unforgiveness, even though we know by his word that he's placed it as far as the east is from the west, but we still have this guilt and shame that we're carrying around. Could that be the fruit because we have planted seeds of unforgiveness for someone else who has hurt us? That what would happen if we would go and plant forgiveness in the life of someone else by forgiving them of something that they've hurt us? It's hard because we want to justify our pain. We want to hold it against them. But then we have to understand when we look in God's word that we've all fallen short of God's glory. And one of my, like one of the verses that I go to back, I go back to time and time again with people who have hurt me is Jesus is on the cross. And his last words, some of his last words is, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And anytime I'm struggling with someone who has just really wounded me and I want to just completely cut them out of my life. And, and there are times for boundaries. God always brings that to mind. It's like they probably don't know how bad they've hurt you. And so here's what I do is I, I sow and plant seeds of forgiveness in them because there's things that I've done that I know I've been forgiven of that I'm still carrying guilt and shame of. But offering forgiveness brings fruit of forgiveness. The second law is this. We have to understand like the law of more. So the law of the same. We plant, we get what we planted. We have to understand that, that there is the law of the more, not Stephen more, right? You'll always get more than what you planted. One, I was doing some research, and I don't, I'm not a farmer, so hope Google was right, right? <laughs> but it says one kernel of corn produces how many stalks? One, <laughs> all right? <laughs> we'll hang out after church, all right? One, one stalk of corn. One kernel of corn is gonna produce one stalk. Now, one stalk will produce anywhere between, let me see what Google said, between two to 10 ears of corn, all right? Between two, depending on the brand, like depending on the breed or whatever, right, of the corn. It will produce anywhere between two and 10 ears of corn. Now, look, one ear of corn produces either 500 to 1,000 kernels of corn. From one single grain of corn, 500 to 1,000 1, kernels of corn for one ear. So one seed, depending on the stalk of corn, can produce 1,000 to 10,000 more seed. And if you think about any... Anything, any, anytime you've ever planted like any kind of flowers that are seed bearing, you can plant a few and then like the next season there'll be a lot more. And so my, and it was probably like seven or eight years ago, my grandmother gave me some seed for a plant called four o'clock. And they only bloom in the afternoon and they're gorgeous. And um, she got those seeds from her mother's plant. 
So these seeds came from like second or third generation. And when we moved to our house in Medina the second year, I found those seeds. I had them in an envelope because my grandmother put them in an envelope and said they'll be, they'll last forever. Just keep them dry, they'll last forever. And so it was either the first or second summer, I planted three seeds. And this was, if you'll pop that picture up there, this was, you may have to dim the lights. Um, this is the result of three seeds. And so all of these little leaves are individual plants that were from seeds that dropped from the flowers before. So I planted three seeds and I had dozens upon dozens upon dozens. And so what we have to understand is that when we plant, we will reap more than what we sow. That it is the law of the more, the law of the more. And Jesus says this when he's telling the parable about the farmer and the seed. And he says this about God's word. It says that when God's word goes out, it will reap a harvest of 30, 60, 100 times. So when we plant God's words and God's principles in our life and in our relationships, we will see a return that is 30, 60, 100 times. Now, a lot of times what preachers want to do is they want to flip that and bring it about finances. And there is truth in that. And we'll talk about that some next month. But it's bigger than that. That when we sow God's principles and word into our life, we get a return that is greater than the effort that we put in. But here's what I want you to understand on the flip side of that. When we sow into the spirit, there's also a return. Or sow into the flesh, into our sinful nature, there's also a return that is greater than what we put in. Jesus' brother James says this in, in James chapter 1, verse 14. He's talking about the desires that we have. These desires give birth to sinful actions. So we have these temptations, these desires. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. And so we have to understand that when we sow into our flesh, into our desires, our sinful desires, our temptation, that, that, that we begin to die. Parts of us begin to die, not physically, but spiritually, we have cut off the life support of God's presence and God's words and God's principle in our life. And so the fruit that we reap from that is more than just giving in to that sinful action. The third law is this. It's the law of the same, the law of the more, and then the law of proportion. What does that mean? 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seed will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. So we plant one kernel of corn, we get one stalk. We plant three kernel of corns, we get how many stalks? Three, all right? We plant four, we get four. Now, let's go back and let's multiply the kernels that we get. It's astronomical. I'm not even gonna attempt to do that math, right? And so we have to understand that if we plant one seed, we'll get more. But if we plant two seeds, we get more times two. If we plant three seeds, we get more times three. And so we have to understand that the more that we plant, the more that we harvest. Luke 6.38 says, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount that you give back. Can I let you know this verse is not in reference to money? Because in the passages before this and in the passages after this, Jesus is talking about forgiveness. He's talking about compassion. He's talking about faith. He's talking about trust. He's talking about judging others. And he's saying that whatever you give to others, you will have it returned to you. But it's not gonna be just what you gave, but it's gonna be more 
It's going to be pressed down. It's going to be shaken together. It's going to be overflowing into your lap. Every area of our life is like that, not just financially. And so if you want to see these things in your life of forgiveness and patience and compassion, that's what we have to sow. And if you're only sowing a little, you're only going to get a little return, but not as much of as if we were sowing more. If you want to see less lust, greed, comparison, envy, jealousy, then we have to sow less of these things. We have to sow more of the good things and less of the things in the flesh. Okay, it's in proportion. You can sow one and be fine, be content with that. I don't want to be content with that. I want to sow more of God's principles in my life and less of the sinful things in my life. Last Last law is this. It's the law of later. We don't like this one. Life doesn't work overnight like Jack and the Beanstalk. You know, I think the microwave is great, but the microwave really set us on a trajectory to not be patient. Right? Um, Instant download set us on a trajectory to not be patient. Um, Online streaming has... Like, first it was, you have to go to the video store, right? And back in the day, you had to call to see if it was available so you could reserve it. So you didn't have to wait. So you had to go to the video store, and you had to look through. Then it was like, hey, let's, let's do Redbox so you can just jump out and get it. Oh, Redbox takes too long. Let's just stream it straight to the TV. Let's not even worry about that, right? And so we are always wanting things right now, super fast. But we have to understand is that in life, it and especially in spiritual things, it doesn't work that way. When you look at the natural, like in the natural things that God has set up, there are things called germination period and gestation periods. Seeds have germination periods, and different seeds have different germination periods. And what that means is that means the time it takes from the time that you put it in the ground until you start to see leaves poke through. Now, some seeds, like the marigold, maybe only have like a week. Others sometimes have 60, 120. Sometimes you don't see until the next year for them to pop through. And then this is the difficult part, is there's still more waiting. Because just when you start to see the stalk break through, you get excited, it's like, oh, something's happening. But then like when you plant flowers, there's a germination period and then there is a blooming period. And so you see it break through, but then it's gonna be another two months before it actually blooms. So you're just going to look at something that looks like a weed or grass for like the next two months until you wait for it to bloom, right? And we get impatient in those times because we think nothing's happening. It's just not happening the way we think. And then, and then you look at gestation period, and this is, this is when animals give birth to things. And so there are like hamsters who have 16 to 23 days gestation period. So from like the time of conception until birth, it's like two weeks, it's like super quick. Let's get it out. Let's start over. Let's do it again, right? And my, my sister's raising like gerbils. And I'm like, why are you doing this? And she thought she had two boys. She had a boy and a girl and just woke up one day and had a bunch of baby gerbils and tried to pawn them off on me. It's like, nope, I'm good with my three girls. <laughs> but then you have like an elephant that takes 22 years. 22 months. Thank you, Chris. It was like, really? I didn't even know that. 22 years? It's like, (laughs) we'll talk after, right? We'll talk after. It's like, still waiting on that dang elephant to be born. 22 months. 22 months. That's like almost two years. That's almost two years. Nine months when I was waiting on my daughters to be born seemed like forever. 
I couldn't imagine waiting 22 months on something. But we get impatient. And we wonder, why isn't this happening quicker? If the elephant is born too soon, it's unhealthy, right? And we've all know people, and maybe we've experienced, you know, our children that were delivered way too early preterm. And there's a lot that goes into the process, and we've seen miracle happens. But we, we have to understand that when we sow things, that there is a waiting period to see it come to pass. But even once we see it come to pass, we have to understand that there's still more time before it becomes mature. Remember when our first daughter was born, and I was like, I can't, can't wait to be a dad. And then I realized he really doesn't do anything except like eat, sleep, poop, and cry, right? That's it. I was like, when's all the cool stuff going to happen, <laughs> right? And it was months before we got the first belly laugh. And then it was another few months before she finally said, Dada, right? And then it was like another three years, and she said, Mama, right? And so I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But like now I'm like, she's going to, like, she's driving. And it's like, how did it get here so fast? And what we... We get impatient, but then when the things of God start moving in our life from things that we planted years in the past, we start reaping it now, and it can be overwhelming, but we don't like the waiting part. And so for some of us in here, you may be, you may be in that waiting part. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 2 says this, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. And we read this earlier, Galatians 6, 9 says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest. And sometimes it can get exhausting. It's like, I feel like I'm always doing the right thing. Like, God, I'm trying. Meet me halfway. And he's like, I'm meeting you way more than halfway. I just haven't got to you yet. And we get impatient and Again, the microwave, we think, man, a hot pocket in one minute. It's great. I love it, right? Hot pocket. But it's unhealthy for us. And we think, for those of us who try to get in shape and we've unhe ate unhealthy for years, we eat one salad, think, I'm done, 10 pounds down right there. It's like, that's it, right? Or, you know, maybe we're trying to work out and we think five push-ups one day gets us 30 push-ups the next day. Doesn't work that way. There is the law of the later, and we have to understand that it takes time, there's a process. But more importantly, guys, I want you to know that you will always reap what you sow. You sow into the flesh, and there's not an instant consequence. So if we sow into a flesh, into a lust, into an evil desire, into a sin, we sow into that, sow into our flesh, and there's not an instant consequence, guess what we think? Oh, I'm getting away with it. Or there's no consequence. But there is a consequence. It's in the law of the later. We just haven't reaped it yet. And so what do we do? We keep planting in our flesh. We keep sowing in our flesh. Guess what kicks in? The law of more and the law of proportion because we're planting more. And then we start reaping all of that that we've sown and we are like, I don't understand how this happened. Because we weren't understanding the law of the later and then maybe we're on the flip side. We don't like what we're seeing we're sowing into the spirit. For some of us, we're walking in a new relationship with Jesus, or maybe we've been walking a while, and he's been, he's been distant, he's been silent, and we sow into the spirit. We're not getting the results that we should, so we stop putting in the effort of those disciplines and that time with God. We start taking away the boundaries because we think there's no benefit, and guess what's happening? Our harvest is shrinking. 
our harvest is shrinking. And so this is a principle that I want all of us as followers of Jesus. And, and even if you're not, it's still, it's not karma, all right? It is the law of sowing and reaping that's been put in place since the very beginning of time. And so here's what I wanna help you with. I want us to take a look at our seed. So as we're doing this crop rotation and we need to sow different things and we all have seeds in our hand through our words, through our actions, our hobbies, habits, I want us to do a seed inspection with these four questions. And they are in order of importance. First question, will this seed move, it, move me closer to God or farther away? Will it move me closer to God or farther away? Will this strengthen or weaken my family? Will this produce desirable habits in my life? And will this move me towards my goals or off track? Now put that the last one. Because in our world today, we're all about like, you know, Instagram and social media and all these influencers and all these different courses, master classes you can take. It's all about getting to your destiny. It's all about accomplishing your purpose. But if that, if that yes to number four says no to number one, it's a, it's a bad seed. If, if it is taking you closer to your desire of purpose, but it's pulling you further away from your relationship with God, that's a bad seed, and it needs to be thrown out. Will it move you closer to God or further away? Will it strengthen or weaken my family? There are some decisions and things that, that we've said no to um, because it weakens our family and our life. Will it produce desirable habits? And like these aren't easy. And so if you want a better harvest, look at your seed through the lens of these four questions. And so maybe you're in here and you want a better harvest, but... You don't even know what you have. You don't know what you need. You want to see some things change in your life, or maybe God's put a desire in, in your heart to, to do something for him, for someone else, and you don't even know where to start. Can I just let you know that all you need is a seed? That's it. All you need is a seed. There's this incredible story in 1 Kings 17. 1 Kings 17, verse 8 through 15 is a story of this prophet named Elijah. And Elijah had just finished this great battle with some prophets and um, just prayed a prayer that caused rain to stop falling from the sky. And he went and spent some time beside a brook and received water from the brook and he was fed by the ravens. Imagine that, waking up every morning, you see some ravens bringing you some food. I don't know that I would touch it because I've seen the blackbirds in my subdivision, right? It was like, I don't know about this guy. It's like, where did he get that, Right? But so he tells this story, and then one day God tells him to get up and to, to, to go into another town, that he would meet a woman there. There was, there was a widow that was prepared there for him. And so God points out the widow, and he, he asks the widow, he's like, do you have anything to eat? Can you, can you get me some bread? And her words were this, and she says, I, I, I don't. All I, I don't have any bread. All I have is just a little flour, a handful of flour, and some oil at the bottom of a jug. And I was getting ready to make a, a meal for my son and I, and then we were just gonna eat our last meal and die. And Elijah tells her, says, okay, go and do that, but make a meal for me first. Make a meal for me first and then go and do what you said, but when you do that, you will have plenty of flour and plenty of oil. And for some of you in here, you see what you have 
and you see it as just a handful. And you see it as just a little in the bottle of a jug. And you think God can't do anything with that. And you think about the smallness of a seed and how much is produced when we look at the law of more and the law of proportion and the law of, of, of later, what God can do with that. And so what happened is, is she went and she made a loaf of bread for the prophet and gave him some water. And she had flour and oil for days. Flour and oil for days. Because she took what little she had and instead of consuming it for herself, sowed it into the, not just the man of God, but I believe into the kingdom of God. And so, so many times we look at what we have and we think, I can't do anything with that. And so we just consume it. And we wind up eating our seed. That's what our pastor told me years ago. He's like, so many people, they don't realize what they have and the power that's in their hand and they wind up eating their seed because they're afraid that's all that they'll get. Instead of planting it and getting the reward and the promise that comes from the principle of sowing and reaping. And I love this last scripture as we get ready to close and... and um, 2 Peter 3 through 4. And so we, we have a choice as followers of Jesus. We can sow our handful and um, our little into a right place with the right motive and just see God bring a return. And it's not a Ponzi scheme, right? It's not a pyramid scheme, uh, but it's faith and operation of the principles God has already put in place. And 2 Peter 1 through 3 says this. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of this marvelous glory and excellence in verse four. And because of this, he has given us great and precious promises. And so this principle of sowing and reaping, this is a promise that if we sow into the things of God, we will reap from the things of God. If we sow into our flesh, then we will reap the sinful consequences of our flesh. And this is what we need today, guys. It says, these are the promises that enable us to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So many of us are trying to escape the world's corruption right now, right? All the fighting and all the bickering. And I heard a pastor say this past weekend, the reason why we are so caught up in jealousy and hatred and defense is because we've spent the last several years sowing into ourselves, sowing into only what we can get instead of sowing into God's kingdom, not just financially, but sowing. Maybe you only have a little bit of time and think, I gotta, I, I gotta save that and spend it all with my family. I'm all about family time. But what would happen if you invested and sowed that time into something that was bigger than you? Maybe you've only got just the little finances and you're like hoarding it because things are tight right now. What would happen if maybe you sowed that into someone who needed it? We've seen that happen in this church through, through your generosity. What we've seen, we've sown into two other church plants and it's come back like 30, 100 times fold. When we didn't have it, we're a church plant and I'm giving another church plant some money just because like, God, I'm, I'm believing in this principle and I'm trusting in you. We received 
more than what we gave. There's a church that just purchased a building. I was like, God, I need a building, so I'm going to help them pay for that building. It it wasn't much, but guys, it was a seed because I'm believing for a a home for a heavenly church one day. Grateful for the Walnut House, but there are things in my life. There are things in my life that I'm reaping a harvest from that I didn't plant. Those four o'clock seeds that I showed you, those seeds came from something my great-grandmother planted. There are also things in my life spiritually that I'm reaping, not because I planted it, but because my great-grandmother planted it. There are things that you're reaping because there are things that your family members have planted in the kingdom in the past, and now you're seeing it come to fruition in your life. And let me tell you this, and those of you who are young, whether you're old, there will be generations that come after you that will reap a benefit and a harvest because of what you're planting and sowing now. And so we have to make a conscious decision. Like we have to understand the power in this principle that when the seed goes in the ground, we don't understand how it's working, but we know that after a few days, we start to see a breakthrough. And then after a few more days, we start to see fruit. And for some of us, it may be weeks, it may be months, it may be years, but I don't want us to grow weary in doing well because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest. And so one of the greatest harvests that, that, that we're fighting for here at Avenue Church, and we prayed this from the beginning, is Jesus was with his disciples and he looked out at the crowd and he said that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And that harvest that he's talking about is not just butts in a chair, right? But it's souls in heaven, right? It's souls in heaven. And so if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, his life was given as a seed for your life. He was buried. He gave his life on the cross voluntarily allowed himself to be placed in the ground and buried. He didn't stay there. He came out. And so because of that, you and I, we can have freedom from death and sin through a relationship with him. And so I want to encourage you, let's close our eyes and bow our heads just for a moment. For those of you in here, and maybe over the last several months and years, you're like just throughout life. And right now you're reaping a harvest of things that you wish you hadn't have planted. We can't dig those seeds up. There are still consequences, but we can bring someone alongside of you to help you navigate that. And we can turn those struggles over, that shame, that guilt over, that doubt, that worry over to the one who gave his life for you simply by saying, Jesus, I give you my life. There's nothing that you have to do to get your life in order because he's already made all all the plans. He's taking care of everything. And so if that's you today and you say, I need a fresh start with Jesus, I need to plant new seed, would you just simply lift your hand? You can put it right back down. Awesome. All right, look up here at me, guys, just real quick. If, you, if this is your home church, hear me say this every week, that raising your hand doesn't save you. It simply acknowledges that you need a Savior. And in the moment, we're going to pray and you get to have a conversation with the one who loves you more than you could ever imagine. And scripture says that when we pray, he bends down to hear our prayers. 
and you're simply going to say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sins. I give you my life. I believe that you died for my sins, that you have forgiven my sins, and I'm trusting you to lead and guide me. And I want to pray for the rest of us that, that we would be mindful of the life that we live and the seeds that we sow. So, Father, we come to you this morning, God. I thank you for those that raised their hand and maybe even those that did not. And, God, I ask that right where they're seated, that you would just wrap your arms around them as they're, God, turning their life over to you, as they're saying yes to you, as they are giving up their sin, their shame, their guilt, and letting you deal with it as you wish in the ways that you already have. So, Father, for the rest of us, God, I pray that we would be mindful of the power that is in our hand, no matter how small the seed we may think it be, whether it's a seed that we feel like we need to sow into our flesh and this desire that we can't get a hold of. God, that we would turn that over to you and not hold on to it. God, these gifts and talents and abilities and times and opportunities that you've placed in our life, help us to sow them into good soil, into your kingdom and to be patient for the harvest because it will come and to not grow weary in doing good. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen. Come on, come on, come on. Awesome day, awesome day in the house. Listen.